Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Kelsey Chapman is an author, podcaster, and personal cheerleader to women who are building their dream life and business. Kelsey was tremendously impacted by countless mentors who spoke into her life and recently wrote about it in her book, What They Taught Me, recognizing the mentors who will take you from dream to done. Because of their impact on her life, today she pays it forward by mentoring hundreds of women in her radiant communities. Kelsey. You have put out an incredible book, What They Taught Me. It's recognizing the mentors who will take you from dream to done. Tell us how the book release has been. Oh, man. Well, thanks for having me. And, you know, what they taught me for me has been like a a little girl's dream come true. You know, I'm an Enneagram 7, and I know y'all talk about the Enneagram a lot over (laughs) here. So I kind of live by the philosophy of like a dream a day keeps the doctor away. But (laughs) this has been the most consistent, like long lasting dream of my life. And so to be able to be living that dream this year has been really special. You know, I just didn't, I didn't know that I'd get to do that by 31. I hoped I could, um, but it's been really special to do that this year. But the, also the weird parts of a book launch is like your life still happens. It can be the most <laughs> exciting part of your life. And then literally something in your extended family is falling apart or, you know, I think we went through all the biggies like death in the family, addiction in the family, moving across country all during my book launch. So I think it's been a year of learning to hold joy and pain in both hands, but I think I'm better for learning how to do that. So it's been a special year, but a hard one, but a special one. Yeah. And of course, like something is going to happen. It's kind of like, it's going to rain on your wedding day. (laughs) Yeah. something is going to go wrong. You just have to figure out to surviving it. (laughs) Yeah. But you've made it. And I actually was along for the ride with the book release and got to see it really unfold and be a part of um, like the online conference piece of it. And um, I just saw people's lives really change. And I think it's incredible. So I'm very excited about this being out in the world and whenever I'm thinking about, okay, this is out in the world. You've worked so hard on this. I'm like, what does a day in the life even look like for you? Like what, (laughs) despite, you know, all the chaos that can come along with, um, releasing a book, writing a book, doing all that process. What is just your day in the life? Oh man. Well, I'm always going to start my day. Um, these days with a smoothie, I have never been a breakfast eater literally ever in my life. Well, unless you count hot fudge Sundays for breakfast in high school. (laughs) Um, yes, I'm here. (laughs) Other than that, um, I've never been a breakfast person. So I wake up and make a smoothie that tastes like a chocolate milkshake because that's just who I am. And then I love, if I have margin in my life, this is like one of the big indicators that I'm living at a healthy pace. I would take a walk for like four miles. So I'm walking for like an hour 20. I answer all my voice memos and my voice, I voice text people. And I listen to whatever podcast, typically armchair expert. Um, they've got like three a week right now. So I'm, I'm obsessed. My best 
yeah. with armchair expert. <laughs> Me too. Okay. <laughs> you might be the only other person I've met that's like vote that just has said it. I love it. I love Dak Shepard. I'm obsessed with him. Me too. And <sighs> I feel like he interviews in a way like I want to ask those same questions. And it's just great. Like I listen to every episode that I think has been released and I'm loving all the spinoffs. It's perfect. It's truly like the best way to start my day. And then I'll typically work during, you know, standard working hours, like nine to five. And if I'm writing in that season, I try to get 500 words a day. I'm not the person who sits down for four hours. I do not have the attention span for that. Mm -hmm. My writing style is 500 words. That is 30 minutes on a good day or less, or an hour and a half on a writer's block day. You know, when you're sitting there stretching out your words, (laughs) trying your best. I also do not write in a linear format, which makes editing so fun when you're piecing everything together. I mean, I eventually try to pull it together as I'm writing, but I just try to write what I'm inspired by. Um, But yeah, I I tend to work nine to five. I literally have never been a healthily balanced person and been able to keep that in a nine to five window. I've had (laughs) many years of working till 10 at night. And I think literally within the last two months, I have finally gotten to a place where I can close my laptop at six, Mm. maybe five and be present. I'm really working on being present. So just being with people around my table, my husband, my friends, my family, that's how I spend my evenings. That's my typical day. Usually something social in it because you can probably tell I'm extroverted. Because seven. (laughs) So I actually am interested to to hear that you went from a 10-ish p.m. end time to a 5 or 6 p.m. Because is that recent? Like, would you say? Very recent. Okay. Because I recently did the same thing. It's really hard, isn't it? Very hard. But I also, you know, I'm sitting on the couch at like 7 and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much time. (laughs) If I just stop working. If I stop working at 5 o'clock, and I go to bed at 1030. I have five and a half hours for fun every day. And yes. I I don't know what it is about working. I am clinically OCD and tend to channel like my OCD into my work. And so like my to-do list at work can be like a compulsive, like I just got to do one more task, one more task, one more mm. task. So I've just gotten into really negative habits of, well, you're rewarded because you get further ahead in work. You become your client's favorite person they've ever worked with. You get those dopamine hits yeah. when you work till 10 at night. But I don't think the trade-off of being burnt out, exhausted, I've driven, I was telling you before this call, I've driven my body into the ground further than I've ever gone in this season from overworking. And so at this point, it became kind of a matter of my health of like, okay, I'm 30 or 31 years old. (laughs) Okay. I'm 31 years old. I've really done a number on my body. And if I want to live with longevity and in enjoy the one body that I have I have to set boundaries even if it's gratifying to complete more work in a day because at the end of my life like it's those five and a half hours at the end of the day that I'm going to look back on and not what I did during my work day yeah definitely and the 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 beauty of that which I'm I'm kind of sad that I realized that when I turned 30 ish (laughs) I mean I'm I'm almost to 31 only a few months from 31. And, and I'm like, oh my gosh, 
what would have happened with my life had I realized this sooner? Oh yeah, I had vacations with friends that I wasn't present for. I mean, there's this one iconic vacation that some of my friends and I laugh about where the time I was running an Instagram agency. So I was toting, you could only have five accounts on a phone. So I was toting around seven phones because I had 35 clients no. and they were all like old iPhones. I didn't, it didn't need to be new. It just needed to be an iPhone, whatever. And I would be like mad that they're interrupting me. And it's like, we're at Arches National Park. Can you be present for a minute? Like, this yeah. is crazy. Like you built a business to cultivate freedom in your life, but you're kind of a prisoner to yeah. your to-do list. And so I have these these trips and these moments that I really missed in my twenties that I, I do regret, but I'm glad I learned the lesson by 31 because it certainly could be later. So it's all a learning curve, right? That's true. It definitely could be later. So, uh, I'm with you on that. How at (laughs) least we learned it now. (laughs) So, okay. This, everything that you do from writing to, um, creating content and just every, all the wisdom that you share, online and uh, in in your world, because I know you have led and worked with youth before, that takes confidence. It just does. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, how did you find your confidence? Like, what did that journey look like? And how can we kind of learn from it? So can you share what that looked like for you on how you found your confidence? Yeah. You know, I've always been someone who values input. Like I love input and I'm really Mm -hmm. grateful that early on I had people speaking into my life. I do not come from a cookie cutter, perfect Christian family. So if anyone's listening out there and thinks, well, she's just lucky she had good input. It's like, well, in a way, but I sought it out, you know, like my family had a lot of hard things going on. Thankfully, my parents' love languages are both words of affirmation. So Mm. I do have a leg up there in the sense that they were affirming me from a very young age. But I also sought out women who just happened to be around me, friends, moms, youth leaders, and said, hey, can we get coffee a little more intentionally? Thankfully, there's something to my personality that at the time could push through any awkwardness because there's like certainly first date awkwardness when you ask people to invest in you. But I think I was so curious that it overrode any nerves. But I, I very clearly remember like maybe the first awkward ask where it wasn't as natural to ask someone to meet with me, like the, the people before Harriet just happened to be in my life and I had proximity to them frequently. Yeah. But Harriet, I remember sitting down at a college cookout and saying, Hey, could we get coffee? And she's kind of like, why, <laughs> you know? And I was like, I just, you know, it's not that I'm trying to like replicate your life. I just love the life you built. And I don't know that I need anything like tangible for you to teach me. I just want to get coffee with you. And so I think a lot of my confidence came from like literally sitting at the feet of women older than me and being willing to chew out the meat, chew the meat and spit out the bones. You know, not everyone's going to give you perfect advice on everything. If anyone is married or dating here, you know, your significant other doesn't complete you. So how could a mentor, you know, and so being willing to like, kind of put things on a shelf that don't fit, but I, I really do attribute a ton of my confidence to just having people invest in me and not waiting till someone noticed me, but noticing them and then asking. 
Yeah. So you took the first move there. Oh yeah. I'm all about initiate. You know, I think we do this in friendships too, right? Well, they never initiate. I'm always the one who initiates. And it's like, well, so what? I mean, at some point, if the relationship becomes totally lopsided, then maybe time to, you know, lay that relationship down and reevaluate. But overall, don't be afraid of initiating at the beginning. They might be dealing with insecurities on the other end. Harriet's whole chapter that I wrote about, and she was like, no, I was like, I hope it didn't make you sound like you're not a confident person, Harriet. And she's like, no, but I did wonder, like, I don't know. I just like love my family, love my friends, love my community. Why would you want me to invest in you? I'm not, you know, head of this organization or the person in leadership. I'm just a normal person. And I'm like, no, that's like exactly why I want you to invest in me. Like, how do I do the day-to-day of life? And so I, I didn't wait for her to initiate and she probably wouldn't have initiated because she didn't think she had anything profound to offer me, but she did. Mm -hmm. And I love that, like, one of the most beautiful things that a mentor can do is just invite you into their everyday. Yes, that's my favorite part. I don't need profound lessons. Like, these days, we can pull up an app and listen to a sermon on any given topic at the drop of a dime. It is the the mundane nuanced parts of life that I want to pick up on of like, oh, this unpredicted situation happened and she didn't have a game plan to immediately respond, but this is how I observed her respond in lifetime when she didn't expect that to come her way. I Mm -hmm. like to see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Seeing how people handle things and just um, have conversations about things that pop up is just fascinating to me. Even now, I mean, I'm learning so many things from people my age or younger that I'm like, wow, that was just like, or people I don't know. I love being mentored by strangers because totally like you don't even know how much of an impact that you've had in my life. I don't know if you have ever had a mentor before, but I know for me, it was an absolute life-changing experience. I had people walk beside me who were older than me or maybe had even just been through difficult seasons or different seasons than me that were just so inspirational and helpful and kind whenever I was going through those or whenever I needed accountability for something or even just encouragement to reach a goal. If that sounds like something that you might need, I offer online mentoring and I would love to give you some more information on it. Email me at info at and I will let you know all that online mentoring entails, costs, and all those fun things. So I hope to work with you one day and just answer any questions that you might have. Again, the email is info at and I hope to hear from you soon. But practically speaking, I'm thinking of like a college girl who is like, I just want to find a mentor and I don't know how to start that relationship. I think that your example of literally kind of asking them to coffee is awesome. But how do you ask them to coffee without being like, I want to know about your life? I know. Yeah. I mean, it felt like, will you mentor me? You've got a, why are you asking? Well, you've got a great life. Okay. Are you like a stage five clinger who's going to replicate it? You know, like you don't want to be that. And so right. I was nervous. Like I share that example. Cause I felt like a weirdo in that moment. And everyone is trying to avoid being a weirdo when asking for a mentoring relationship. And so I, I think 
first putting putting yourself in circles where you're able to notice someone. If you move mm. to a new city, you don't know anyone. So first you've got to be around people. And yeah. maybe depending on the state of the world, you're not physically around people right now. So you need to get involved in online communities. It's True. not the same as being in person. I'm not even going to pretend it is, but what's the option? Isolation. So like if, if we're in a season, depending on when you're listening to this podcast that you are not physically able to go out and meet people, then it's time to get involved online. Mm -hmm. If you are in a season when you can get out in the world and meet people and mingle, then put yourself out there. Is it uncomfortable? Absolutely. Do you love running? Join the runner's club. Do you love crafting? Figure out when some crafting nights are in town. Do you love being a part of your church? Look for that woman who's leading a small group at church and go to it. You know, like put yourself in a position to be in proximity with people with shared interests. They don't have to have all the same shared interests, but just one thing that can bond all together. And also a shared interest maybe for that season. Are you a young mom who would love someone to mentor you as you welcome your baby into the world? Maybe join a mom's group. That's a great place to meet another person who's parenting a child, you know? And so put yourself in proximity. And then when you notice someone ask them to coffee. Again, if this is virtual, ask them to a virtual coffee coffee and, you know, send them a $5 Starbucks gift card, whatever, get creative, but ask them to coffee. You don't have to put a big label on it on day one. You can see if that date quote unquote goes (laughs) well, because it's a little intimidating for your prospective mentor to be let for, to hear, will you be my mentor for the rest of my life? Like, that's a lot. Like, so why don't you let them ease in, go to the one coffee, say, wow, I really enjoyed that. Could we meet again? See how that goes. Okay. Hey, I've really loved meeting with you. Could we do this like once a month? I really like admire what you've got going on in XYZ area of your life. You can even joke. I'm not trying to be a weirdo. (laughs) I just am looking for someone to invest in my life and what you carry is something I admire. And those are literally like the exact words I have used. And it tends to go well. Like people also love it when someone thinks they have a respectable enough opinion to mentor them. So it's going to be a nice ego boost for them as well. Oh, definitely. Anytime, you know, a high school student has asked that of me, I'm so honored. Yeah. And I'm like, I will tell you whatever, whatever you want to know. <laughs> totally. Like, yes. <laughs> Open me up. My world is yours. Take yeah. it. Now I will let say, me help you avoid some things. <laughs> totally. Yes. Let me tell you the shortcut. I will say if someone does say that they don't have capacity for that, truly, truly, mm. truly, I really encourage anyone listening that it's probably not about you. I think yeah. we all make it about us. I certainly have. I've had people who wanted to meet with me and then they flaked and I was so embarrassed. And there are people in my industry. So that felt extra delicate. Like I felt like, oh this is embarrassing. Like maybe they don't want to meet with me. A lot of the times they're truly just swamped in life, have no capacity left. Something could have blown up in their personal world that you don't know about because they're not able to share it. And so I really encourage people when, when a mentor is not able to mentor you to keep going because it really is worth it. Like there is risk of rejection when you invite mentors into your life, but the reward is so much better greater than the risk at hand. Yes, absolutely. I love that. 
And I love all the little kind of nuggets that you put in there, especially like putting yourself in the proximity of someone with similar interests. I think that is really huge when it comes to whenever you're looking for a mentor, that's where you can find them. And the blueprint that you've already kind of laid out with where do you find them? How do you approach that conversation? If they don't have the capacity, um, you know, don't take it personal. All of these things are so key in the process of finding a mentor and going through that process of, of what that looks like with having someone walk through life with you. And that that's like having a mentor sounds like one of the biggest tools in your life that helped you stay confident. Would you say that's true? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> like I, I think, especially in the down seasons is where I notice their investment the most. Like we all feel great on the mountaintop and don't think, you know, mm-hmm. about all the wonderful things that got us there. I mean, if we're, you know, really intentional and mindful, certainly we are, but I think it's really the moments where you feel isolated and alone that you're like, Oh, I have a resource. I know someone who's walked through this road and she's come out on the other side. So maybe she can tell me how to come out on the other side. A few years ago, my business disappeared overnight and I did not have a sugar daddy. My husband was in college. (laughs) Like it was not a convenient time, you know? And I spoke to my two business mentors and they were like, you can do this. Like you're going to come out on the other side, but it was a ruling season. And I really needed them to carry me through it. Some days when I couldn't walk myself, they carried me. And so I think a mentor really can be a tool. Yeah. Would you say that there are other tools that help you stay confident as well? I think so. I mean, I think confidence uh, therapy, you know, confidence (laughs) really does start within. Um, So, so anything that can point you back to your identity, whether that's your walk with God, scripture, therapy, like that really does have to start within. And I think your mentors, your family, your boyfriend, your husband, those are only going to piggyback on what's already there. Mm -hmm. And so that's your work to do. Mm -hmm. You know, like we all have our work to do and we are only responsible for ourselves. And so I think we hope that people will come along or tools will come along that just supercharge our confidence, but it does take some like personal agency and responsibility. And so, and I'm preaching to the choir. I'm working on that. Like I'm working on doing that internal work at the moment. And sometimes that means being still for five minutes straight, laying on the ground. That is so inconvenient for me and not my cup of tea. I don't like to lay still for five minutes, but I know meditating and practicing mindfulness is really good for my soul. And so I'm yeah. going to add that practice into my life, but it's a discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. I love the practicality of the things that we're talking about, whether that's, you know, finding a mentor or adding that mindfulness to kind of practice into your life and therapy, huge fan, go team. <laughs> like Absolutely. And I'm thinking about, okay, so your younger, less confident self, you said your parents, um, had words of affirmation as their love language. So I don't know if there was a less confident version of you, but pre-mentor, I guess, what advice would you give her? Like you, you as a younger person. (laughs) I think I would say like 
you're right on time. You're exactly mm. where you need to be. Who you are is not too much or too little. Cause I don't know about you, but I feel like all women just code switch between I'm too much. Well, I'm not enough. I'm too much. Yes. I, it's not one or the other. Often it's both. And it's just, which are you on what day? Mm-hmm. And I think a different friend group can bring up one of those feelings. Some might think you're too much or you're amazing. You're wonderful just the way you are. And the next group might think you're not enough and you're floating between all of them. And I I think I would just tell myself, like as much as I love external input, hello, I wrote a book about it. Like it really does all start within and you have to learn to love who you are. Like you are who determines your worth. Well, and God. And so like, how can I build more connectedness with God and who he says I am as like a daughter of the most high King, because Mm -hmm. that's really where my confidence starts. And whenever I cultivate that, I notice the tangible effects of actually feeling that in my day-to-day life. And so I, I think just reminding people, it starts with you. I would say like, even though I had parents who affirmed me, I also was probably the most insecure middle schooler you Mm. have ever met. I remember being at sleepovers and my girlfriends will still laugh about this. And I'd be like, I call the middle. Like I didn't want to miss a single moment. And then I'd be like, are y'all talking about me? And that's embarrassing to even say like, I was that girl, but it was because there was something in me that didn't feel secure in my belonging. And I think we've all felt that at some point and nothing changed with that group, that group loved me then and loved me now. And maybe some days they were talking about me because what 12 year olds aren't doing that about each other sometimes. <laughs> but overall they loved me and today they love me and we'll joke like, I don't know why I was like that. And they were like, yeah, you always thought we were talking about you. And that was so much reflective of what was going on internally with my confidence than what they were doing externally. Yeah. And it, what you said kind of brought up a quote that I saw somewhere online. I don't know where it was, but it, it was really in regards to dating and that feeling of being too much. Um, it was like, I may be, or if you're feeling like you're too much, find someone with bigger hands. Yeah. And, and I think that could be applied to anything, right? The, a friendship, find someone who doesn't think that about you. There are people, you don't have to be friends with someone just because they're nice to you. Or, you know, sometimes they're not even nice to you. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, but you can find other friends. And the most beautiful part of that is whenever I think of find someone with bigger hands, if you don't want to feel like you're too much, I'm like, well, God has the biggest hands of them all. So that's really where we should be placing that. And so whenever you said the too much and not enough and how we tend to go back and forth, I was like, yes, and amen. And also <laughs> that just kind of reminded me of that. Um, and I have a 12 year old sister. So everything that you are saying about middle school and life, I'm like, <laughs> yes, I, I have my hair. My mom tells me all the stories and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so it's glad rough out in those streets. It's so <laughs> rough. I mean, it is way harder to be in middle school than friendship, Any other adult season. friendships. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I mean, you do so much pouring out and the best way that we really know how to give back or pour back into you is through prayer. So how can we specifically pray for you? Well, thank you for asking. (laughs) I, 
you know, I think the season is a, a lot about creating like health and rhythms and margin mm. and peace in my life. I have run in the fast lane. That's my baseline. I love the fast lane. I actually enjoy it. But a current goal is as soon as it gets slow to sit there and be present versus try to reintroduce all the things to make it fast again. Mm, that's good. <laughs> So if anyone hears themselves in that, we'll pray for you too. Um, because it is really like, I mean, some of the phrases I've been saying lately are like, I'm bored. And my <laughs> husband's like, yeah, this is good for you. Yeah. So good. Sitting it. Really trying to embrace a slower way of living. And I think that will still have my, you know, fingerprint on it and still my expression of that, but a, a slowed down version for me because. I want to run with longevity. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. want to be a flash in the pan. And I've seen the real ramifications of trying to do too much all at once. Um, And so slowing down. I feel like if you're an Enneagram 7 and listening to this, I need you to rewind it, (laughs) re-listen, and soak it up. Every Enneagram 7 I know, I'm like, I don't, you, what are you do? Like you have 10 zillion different things. And granted my second highest number is seven. Like I'm, I have so much you know. seven in me. So I get it, but I'm also like, oh my gosh, I'm tired for you. So yes, we will pray for that. <laughs> <laughs> I would so appreciate that because it's going to take a village to get me to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> It's like Sonic the Hedgehog. I always think of Sonic the Hedgehog when I think of sevens. Like just me, I know Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, and where can we hang out with you online? And where can we get the book? Both of those things. Yes, you can get the book anywhere books are sold. Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, all the places. And you can come find me at Kels Chapman on Instagram. That's where I like to hang out. Love it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I cannot wait for people to hear this, talk about mentorship and all the things. And I just so appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Today was so fun. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.